0: Hello lovelies, I'm going to tell you a story today. I'm going off track a little bit, but it's my birthday and it's Halloween and I've been watching the Cabinet of Curiosities and a whole series of videos about the cyclical nature of the universe, the cyclical nature of our lives, and it brought to mind something that happened in our last financial crisis it was amazing it was uh, 2008 and we were living in west hollywood and we had uh, we had a one week notice to evict our property because the young man that owned the condo that we were renting was in the philippines and i guess either didn't get the notifications or uh, didn't feel the need to tell us. <laughs> oh my Lord. But that actually ended up in one of the very best stories that I'm going to have to save for another time. But this story is one that speaks to the spiritual nature of things or perhaps the fact that there is more to the universe than meets the eye and more than can be measured with a ruler. And it was a very extraordinary experience indeed. So, where do I start? There was a show on television at the time that I was absolutely loving. It was an HBO special and it was Rome. And the guy that was playing the Caesar character I thought was really, really hot. So the story really starts that we were meeting the Mayan elders at a coffee shop right across the road from the Bodhi Tree Bookshop in Los Angeles to see if we were deemed worthy of doing a documentary about the ending of the Mayan calendar because, as I said, this was 2008 and in those days there was a general belief that the end of the Mayan calendar was coming quickly and these Mayan elders and their U.S. representatives very much wanted to do a documentary about this. But they didn't want just anybody to do the documentary. They had heard about Magical Egypt and were impressed with our work that we had done with John Anthony West. And so they felt that we might be good candidates. However, there was one test that we would have to undergo before there would be certainty that we were the people. That should do the documentary. And so I was sitting at the table, a big, and the only table that was available was this really, really huge table. And I was sitting at the table and we had a coffee and we were waiting for the representatives and the Mayan leaders to appear. And up rocks the lead from the HBO show Rome and says he would like to come and join us. And I was absolutely flabbergasted and had to turn to him and say, I'm so sorry, we're waiting for the Mayan leaders, <laughs> so you can't come and sit with me and have a coffee, which was one of the great regrets of my life (laughs) because I thought he was a cutie. But anyway, that's just an aside of the story. And eventually the Mayan leaders uh, did rock up and they took us to a home in Los Angeles, a very normal home. And we went out the back because apparently The person that was going to decide if we were worthy or not of doing the documentary was fire itself. Now, Chance is probably more skeptical than I am about these things. And in those days, I really hadn't come on or actually probably more accurately come away from my materialistic prison paradigm mindset. So I thought this was going to be interesting. Interesting in that way you say interesting when you're a little bit skeptical. But I was more than willing to play along because I'd never really been involved in any kind of ceremony or particularly an indigenous ceremony before, and I'd never done a fire ceremony before. And so what they did was they popped us all in a circle. And we were to sit down and we were all to face the fire. And what we were asked to do at that point is to think about something that no longer served us, Because part of this ceremony was to burn away the dross and actually utilize the sacred fire to help us get rid of those niggling beliefs that were holding us back. So while we're sitting around in a circle trying to think of what would be the most useful thing to dispose of from our lives, the Mayan elder female, I don't know what you would actually call her, Shah woman? I'm not sure. Anyway, she came into the center and basically she placed a dinner plate on the ground in the center of the circle And on that dinner plate, she placed three tea candles, you know, those tiny little round tea candles about the size of a 50 cents in Australia. I'm sure you all know how big that is. (laughs) And on top of those three candles, she placed some green herbs or herbs, as we say in Australia. Not terribly many, you know, They it kind of looked like, you know, four or five strands of coriander, perhaps, or, you know, I mean, it wasn't a whole lot of green stuff. And I was thinking, hmm, green stuff doesn't really burn all that well anyway, so I don't know what that was about. But anyway, I sat there and I watched as the Mayan elder lit the candles, and began talking to the fire. Now, what originally happened, or when she lit the candles, there was a small flame, as you would expect from a tea candle. I'm sure you have seen that perhaps on a good day, (laughs) a tea candle flame might rise about an inch, if you're lucky. And, you know, Then you can throw some paper on it and the flame will, you know, like if you put some A4 paper, the flame might, you know, jump up to be about as, you know, six inches tall or something like that. So you can imagine my absolute surprise when the fire, as a result of her chanting, grew to be a funnel of fire about six feet tall. I could not imagine any way that those three tea candles would generate a fire that was six feet tall and remained six feet tall for about the twenty minutes half an hour that the ceremony went on for. I was kind of in a state of shock. And the Mayan leader continued to talk. I didn't understand the words that she was saying because it was in a different language. But she would talk to the fire. And at a certain point, the American people said to us that, that what we were to do was to throw our pieces of paper that we had written, tiny little pieces of paper about the size of a matchbox, into the fire so that the fire would help us remove the things that no longer served us. And so we all did that. We threw our bad beliefs into the fire. And I don't know about anybody else, but I said a little prayer and a thank you to the belief that no longer served me. And then the most extraordinary thing in the world (laughs) happened. There was about 10 or 12 of us around the circle And so imagine us sitting at one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock. And imagine this tall, six foot tall pillar of flame bending over and looking at each one in our faces. Quite astounding. So if you can imagine the fire would bend down and look at me (laughs) in my face at, let's say, three o'clock and it would raise back up and not turn around, but kind of bend back down and look chance in the face at, say, four o'clock. And stood back up and then bent to view the person at five, six, seven, eight, whatever, all the way (laughs) around the circle of people sitting on the ground. To say that we were absolutely flabbergasted doesn't even come close to the feeling that we experienced. It was absolutely. An experience of awe. I was going to say awful. <laughs> it was awe-filled, and not awful. An awe-filled experience. And at this point, I think I came into kind of a state of shock <laughs> at what had actually happened because, wow. You know, the fire gets buffeted about by the wind. I'm sure we've all sat in front of a. a uh, campfire before, but um, nothing like this had I ever seen or have I ever seen since. And once the fire had done its investigation of the people, the shamaness came back and said thank you to the fire. And immediately the fire shrunk back to a flame about six inches tall. Just wow. Now, what was really interesting about that is that the fire had spoken to the Mayan elder and had told them, that Chance and I were thunder and lightning, which is really super interesting because if you want to describe our roles within our little magical Egypt business here, <laughs> one of us could very well be described as thunder and one of us could very well be described as lightning we have arguments all the time about who is who so i'm going to let you figure that one out for yourselves (laughs) but it seemed very apropos really to or an apropos description of our little unit. And the fire went on to explain to the Mayan elder that we were indeed worthy of telling the story, which was a huge blessing and gift. And as I mentioned earlier, shortly thereafter came the big eviction and we were unable to proceed because the big eviction ended up in us moving to Australia and me with a broken neck and so it was a very inopportune set of circumstances for the Mayan elders that led to us being unable to complete the documentary. Or the film. But for me, you know, I'm a firm believer that everything works out as it is supposed to. And I ended up, as I've said before, with the very best broken neck in the world. And I ended up in Australia, that was very useful to us. We were able to actually escape the worst of the financial crisis. And here we now find ourselves in Thailand, which is the thing that made me think of the cyclical nature of existence. And perhaps being here, we might again avoid the worst of what is to come. At least I'm hoping so. It's a very scary time. I don't think, to be honest with you, that any of us are going to mm, escape the ravages of what is to come. Entir- but here again I find myself in an entirely new country at the beginning of a global financial crisis It seems my international travels correlate with global financial (laughs) crises. Don't you think you could think of a better time to move into a new country and start your life all over again, Venice? I don't know. We'll have to see how that one plays out. But it seems to me that once again there is more than meets the eye. And if the fire bending down and looking at me squarely in the face was not an indication that there is more to this world than we generally want to accept, and if these cycles that we find ourselves in aren't more than just coincidence, then I'm not having it. I don't know about you. I don't know if you have found cycles in your life as well or if you've had an extraordinary experience with fire. And then we have Veda Austin that has shown us that you can have extraordinary experiences with water as well. Now that I'm 57, I'm full of excitement at the adventure of the understandings and the new knowledge that is becoming available to us. It's a very, very exciting time (laughs) to be alive. (laughs) Oh, despite all of the drama, I don't know, maybe we... Or you, (laughs) what is that thing you order shit, you eat shit? I think we've ordered it, but at the same time, it's a wonderful time to be alive. So thank you for listening, lovelies, and I will get back to my Steiner thing next week. Hello, lovelies. I am so excited to announce the release of our new film called Hecker. Heka looks at the magic of ancient Egypt and how that pertains to the story of ancient Egypt and fills in a whole new perspective that we have been missing collectively for hundreds of years.